You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. Comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Michael, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. Good evening and welcome back to another episode of Haunted Podcast. I, I believe that. I was going to like do a Halloween thing. Start over and make up a Halloween name for yourself. Go around. Oh, no preparation. Man. No preparation. Do it. You're this first. This is Kapow, the <laughs> Pop Culture Podcast. My name is Boneyard Low. <laughs> Trash Can Barnes. Mike the Marietta Mola. And I'm Donna the Seth. Happy Halloween, everybody. We're about that time as we record. Almost. We're shy of the scariest time of the year. Election Day. Terrifying. Zombie wars upon us. Halloween kind of snuck up on me this year. That's uh, weird. Yeah, that's still doing trick or treat. <laughs> this is the <laughs> scariest <laughs> trick or treat ever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Are you guys going to give out candy at your houses? I I read no. I read how they told uh, people to do that though. It's like they don't want you mingling with the people like go up the door and handing them out they don't want you putting them in a bowl and everybody reaching into the same bowl reaching they in. want you to like lay out a line of separate <laughs> treats like hmm. like i think that's how the hands on gretel thing got started she Just was like, like trying to be safe and next thing you know they can't follow her into the woods you guys usually make a big deal Halloween over there on your side of the family, don't you, Michael? That's that's normally a, a big shindig for you guys. But. Once upon a time, back in the day, it was the biggest celebration of the year. However, yeah. we're old and angry and tired and don't feel like it. Hey, good segue to my anecdote about being an old angry man. All right. I... Uh, my last two trips to the grocery store have just ended in tragic circumstances <laughs> that, that's overselling it a little bit i'm, oh, I'm even calling this an anecdote is overselling it i'm sorry but I, I i have to get it off my chest jordan did you buy expired milk again no no even worse no, my last, <laughs> last month i went through and i try i limit i don't go to the grocery store every week i try to go i have like one big trip a month and then I'm, i might run in for you know milk and bread again so maybe two trips a month to the grocery store and it's it's very hard to do the self-checkout with an entire cart full of stuff because there's not enough room and the robot's yelling at you place your items on the bagging area and it like it won't let you do anything until you put them there's there. gonna be someone coming over here to check this out Ugh, it's horrible. what have you done so kroger at like i don't know like 8 30 or something just closes all their normal lanes and make you do self-checkout and it's really obnoxious. So I was late getting there one night and didn't didn't have a human. So on the bottom of that receipt where it says, you know, answer a answer a questions about your experience, 
for 50 fuel points. Like, oh, I'm going to give you a piece of my mind. So I, I logged in and told him I didn't like that. <laughs> and I thought we were, I thought we were square. <laughs> so then I go back this month and the guy ahead of me has so many groceries. It's, oh, the nerve. Well, but that's not who I'm mad at. He's oh, fine. Sorry. He is within his rights. He has Let me know carts. what I'm supposed to get mad. Right. He has two carts full of groceries. He's trying to check out. As he, I'm right behind him, and as he goes is going through, I see two employees clock out and take their vests off and leave. So there's one woman running the checkout, and then one woman in the self checkout. A woman. Is this, is this where we're mad? No, the woman's Freaking... actually the hero. She's the oh. hero of the story. Okay. So there's no one to help bag these groceries. So these this cart is just piling up. There's no room at the end of the conveyor belt to stack all this stuff. So the guy thinks it's Aldi's, and he's bagging his own groceries. So he fills two entire carts full of groceries. And at some point, she has to run over to the produce section to check what kind of beans he bought her. I don't know what, but she had to go. She had to leave her post and go look up something because there's no other human within within earshot. So he finally gets through. I start going through. She checks all my stuff out. I start bagging my own groceries as well. I have two bottles of Gatorade. I pick them up and put them in a plastic sack. Nice. I pick up the sack. The bottom falls out of the sack. Both bottles of Gatorade hit the ground. Explode. Both of them? Uh, both of them. How cheap a Gatorade were you buying? It's, like, it's the normal kind, but like... One of them, the cap flew off, and one of them, I think, cracked on the bottom. And literally, by the time I looked down, there was no liquid left in the bottle. <laughs> they had just exploded. It got in my pants. It went everywhere. You had to get your own mop, didn't you? So I'm standing there, and I, I don't even know what I said. You, went and gra- you grabbed a vest. <laughs> I got a clock in, I guess. Yeah. I said something intelligent, like, I guess those bags won't hold two bottles. I was not trained for this. I'm sorry. I don't know the I don't know the specs on these bags. She looks. She's like, "Oh, you can go ahead and run back and get replacements." I was like, "Oh, can I?" There are three people behind me in line. (laughs) My worst nightmare, just shooting (laughs) daggers at me, like I'm the biggest idiot on the planet. So I run back. I run back, get two replacement things, and I come back, and she's spreading the 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 absorbent stuff mm-hmm. all over the mess, Ooh. and she's got a mop, and so she is cleaning up the mess as these three more people wait to get their groceries. And I thanked her profusely. I was like, I am very sorry. Thank you. She's like, oh, no problem. She was as polite as can be. But it that is not a job for one person, especially when they're idiots shopping at your store who don't know how to bag their own groceries. So yeah. don't they have Kroger, like get it together? Don't they have like six checkouts? Like oh, it's like all... plenty. They have plenty. I mean, of there's a, still people I mean, like the self checkout. There's like oh, yeah. one person that's helping. If he can't bag them in the lane with the person, he ain't gonna be able to bag them <laughs> over there. Oh, that would have splashed all over the robots. They would have been like the self checkout robots. Would've... They would have started murdering people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> card decline. Card decline. But I'm sorry. This. Get... Grocery stores have been doing great this year during the pandemic and could afford a few extra shifts for people. So stop pinching pennies, Kroger, and hire some baggers to stand around and do do the work. You know what you could do? You could place your order ahead of time and then just Ah. 
hot and have them come out and like just put it in your trunk and you don't have to worry about anything want other people picking out my Gatorade. What if they get the weird flavor, like the, the they think it's fruit punch, but it's like peach or something. Okay, I, I would have another antidote. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go pick out my own bananas. We need anecdotes. We do Try need it. anecdotes. It, that just brought back. Oh man, so many memories from those late nights at Kroger, Michael. <laughs> so many. Oh, I had to lot Bucky. You want Bucky? Filling out what you're going to eat for the next month? No. Oh, he, I think he'd rather have these beans. We don't have those uh, those beans. Let's give him the magic beans. I no, was, I'll go ahead, Cliff. I was just going to say, I, I was there one night and um, doing a reset in the middle of the night, and there was a guy uh, uh, that worked for Kroger, he was supposed to be stocking shelves, which he was, and we uh, we were over in the laundry detergent, and he's stocking those shelves. Well, he picks one up and he drops like one of those big containers of of laundry detergent, and the same thing happened. It the plastic breaks when it hits the floor. It starts pouring detergent everywhere. He just keeps on going. He's he's just stacking those shelves. Never stops. And I'm, description. He just slides back and forth from one side yeah. of the aisle to the next. So, so I'm standing there and I'm like, "What just happened?" And it's just, it's he didn't even pick it up, like the the busted bottle. It's still pouring liquid everywhere. And uh, I was like, um, "He's not in charge of floors. He's exactly. in charge of stocking these shelves." That's what he told me. I said, uh, "Are you going to?" Was this before or after the floor people came in and did their thing? Well. It was before. Well, they it was during. They were there, so they they have floor people that come in and, and you know wax and buff the floors and everything. So I'm standing there and I'm like, uh, "So you gonna you just gonna leave that?" He looks at me. He goes, "Floor people are here. They'll clean it up if they want to. If they want to uh, do this aisle." And I was like, "Okay, <laughs> like, sure." But he didn't. He didn't even get the the. Um, what's that stuff called, Michael? I can't even think. My brain's dead. The absorbent stuff they... Cat litter. No, it's not cat litter. It's actually made up of... Um, cat litter? No. It's made up of uh, shredded toilet paper, actually. Don't ask in me how I know that. In elementary school, it was called Bumsorb. It's the stuff they yeah. put on if a kid mm. threw up, but I don't know what it's called in the professionals. So. <laughs> right. Gatorsorb. But he didn't even put that down. I was just like... All right, buddy. You do you. Was it you? Cliff wanted this guy to put on a show of giving a. <laughs> He's like, can you just act, act like for me personally that you care? Well, it was, I you know, I, I come from a retail background and working in those stores. And, uh, it's more know, when, <laughs> when you, um, when you spilled something, you always cleaned it up. But, uh, that wasn't always the situation at, at, at that, at, Kroger. I was there another night and I watched somebody make a big spill over in the seafood department and they did. They walked over, poured that absorbent stuff on it. Uh, it, it all turned blue, you know, soaking it up in there and um, just walked away. And I watched, I waited for four hours for somebody else to come along until somebody swept it up. <laughs> it just left it there the whole time. Soak. Yeah. <laughs> So. All right. Well, that 
anecdote went wrong. <laughs> okay. Guys, it's time for some more time travel material. It's just a jump to the left. I read a book again. You're such a book reader. Hmm. All you need is kill. I like the cover. Yeah. Is that a real book or is that fake noodles? It's fake noodles, baby. <laughs> you are fake noodles. <laughs> if you want to understand that reference, become a patron. <laughs> All you that, need is that kill. That title sounds familiar, but it's just a little bit off. Yes, because this is what the title should have been for the most titled movie. Um, this is a manga by what is his name? Tom Cruise. Hiroshi Sakurazaka and art by Takeshi Obata. But it is was a movie the first time I heard about it. It started out as a manga, but then it ended up being a Tom Cruise movie called Edge of Tomorrow several mm. years ago. Mm-hmm. And that, and then people got confused by the tagline for it, Live, Die, Repeat. And they all decided they thought that was the title of the movie. So they actually officially changed the title to Edge of Tomorrow, Live, Die, Repeat. And they should have just called it after the book, All You Need Is Kill, because that's a much cooler title. Um, but it's just the source material that the movie was based on, and it's very good it's i could it's a it's it's pretty close to how the movie goes but you know a little more you know has that japanese feel because it's a manga but i don't think i've i don't think i've ever read any other manga than this i want you know because you got to read it backwards and yeah it looks printed it looked like it was printed right to left yeah yeah but i it was fine I got used to it after a couple pages. It was totally fine. But uh, it was good. So, yeah, definitely recommend that one. If you like that movie and wanted to read the source material on that, it's very good. So, we got to get one of our uh, popular segments here. One job. Who we doing? We had a su- 
suggestion or you from you? Well, I threw it out there, and I thought, hey, everybody likes this guy. Well, apparently not. <laughs> we didn't get a great response. And I forgot to look up on Facebook and have that ready for you. But we, I, I am enjoying a TV show right now that I'll talk about on our next episode. Yeah. Starring a man named Ethan Hawke. Ooh. And I thought, wow. It's been a while is... since we won job to a straight white guy. <laughs> well, you know, they deserve a shot, too. <laughs> um, oh. Well, I so was looking he... up earlier, like, stuff about that. Like, the one movie that I wanted to pick, and I realized I had the wrong actor. Oh. <laughs> it was Stephen Dorst. I would have done the same thing. <laughs> so I thought, hey, this guy's been around a long time. He's been in some iconic movies. He's not the biggest superstar, but... Surely there's some good stuff, and people love Ethan Hawke. Well, our patrons didn't really share my share my belief here, and it doesn't sound like you guys do very much either. I like I like him. I don't but dislike him. As, I'm just not aware of him. He's as, incredible. As per usual, when you go to look these people up, you think they've been in a bazillion things, and then you realize what is the one thing that I love of theirs, or do See, I just kind of like? I had kind of the opposite reaction where that this is one of the first times I thought, oh, right, that. And that, like there were five or six things I'm like, wow, yeah, he is really good. So it's, yeah, an actor I never really think about, but I, I, I saw more to his his uh, history than, than I thought I would. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff I like of his, but there isn't something that, like, I don't, there's nothing of his in my top 100. So, all right. So he is an actor of stage and screen. I was nominated for a Tony Award. For acting on Broadway, has been nominated for four Academy Awards, two for writing, uh, best adapted screenplay, uh, co-writer uh, for the Before Sunset and Before Midnight movies, and was nominated for best supporting actor for both Training Day and Boyhood. He has written three prose novels and one graphic novel, which he took a screenplay that had been unproduced and turned it into a comic book. Um, he's directed feature films and documentaries. Uh, he is the he directed the music video for Lisa Loeb in 1994 for the little song called "Stay." A, a little song we like uh, to call "Stay." Yeah, like the anthem of a generation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, featured in the movie Reality Bites, so he directed her music video, shot her to superstardom. Married Uma Thurman in 1998. And had two children with her, including Maya Hawk, current star of Stranger Things. So that's just a little bit about the man before we get into his actual roles. Um, so on our secret patron-only Facebook page, I threw out the polls. And again, they don't put them in uh, chronological order, which bugs me. That's another thing Facebook get get with it. So uh, he played the dad in Boyhood. Richard Linklater movie that was filmed over, you know, what was it, 17 years or whatever it was. Uh, Reality Bites, the trilogy Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, Before Midnight, uh, Before the Devil Knows You're Dead is a fun little uh, noirish crime movie. The Purge, of course, the start of a horror franchise. Alive. The famous uh, plane crash movie. He was the, the one of the main characters in that. Uh, Gattaca, sort of an under the radar sci-fi. Gattaca. 
uh, Sinister, the uh, recent uh, one of the Blumhouse uh, horror films, or this recent horror renaissance we're going through, and First Reformed, which is one of Seth's favorite movies from the last few years as the as the priest character. And we had one vote for Dead Poets Society from Justin Lowe, who agreed with Cliff and said that is literally the only one of these movies he'd ever seen. So I guess that's the, the obvious vote has to go there. And we had two votes for Training Day. Both Jared Lowe and Jesse Starcher both said Training Day. Jared says he has no strong Ethan Hawke-related opinions. And then Jesse threw out, we should probably do Denzel Washington. So I think everyone, I don't think anyone was <laughs> really. Like, why are you movie. doing this? Move yeah, along. <laughs> oh my. I really like him. I, I, I like him and all these things that you're listed and even more. I mean, they're just even little things like, uh, remember the Newton boys that old, like they were bank robbers and it's, it's also link later, but, uh, it was like with Skeet and Vincent D'Onofrio, Matthew McConaughey, and they were yeah, brothers. They were back robbers. That, that was good. He, he's good in all, everything he's in. And I feel like I left more off the pole this time than I feel like I have with a lot of the <coughs> other actors. Because there's yeah. a bunch of movies that are good movies, but I didn't. they didn't even make the top 10 or 12 I put on the pole here. Oh, Explorers. That's what I was waiting for, dang it. <laughs> I his forgot first, that existed. His, that's his first role in 1985. With River Phoenix. I love that movie. Okay. All right. What is it? What do you love about it? What is it? It's where they like, just that nostalgia, like these young kids like build this spacecraft that gets them transported up into space and they meet these aliens and they think it's like a big deal and they find out the aliens are kids. That is a, it is a big deal. It is. It's very you big. go to space and meet aliens. <laughs> yeah. But it was cool. It was like they built this like little spaceship out of like a roller coaster ride. and You knew we were going to the movie closest to space camp. My gosh. <laughs> we can't get away from space camp. But now I just I have really good memories of watching that when I was a little kid. So. Never heard of it. Wow. Played Hamlet in 2000. Cool. Assault on Precinct 13, the remake. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Daybreakers. Daybreakers, yeah, yeah, the vampire movie. Yeah. He's a lot of stuff. I, I think I only saw Reality Bites once. I don't remember if that's any good. This is what kind of shocked me. I thought for people our age, I thought that was like required viewing. I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't know there were people that hadn't seen that movie. But I I just rewatched it not too long ago because I hadn't seen it in ages. And he's like, he's kind of a terrible person. He's a, it's a good character. He's a good, he's good in it. But like, you know, girls back then loved him. This is the movie that you know made him Mm. the heartthrob. But he's like, he's he has a temper. He's cool yeah. and like, he's a you know one of those slackers who doesn't you know, the the world's not uh, not what it should be. And he's just he's he's not a good like boyfriend material, but it's yeah. a very good role. I liked uh, Predestination. If 
few years ago, time travel movie with Sarah Snook from Succession was in that. It's pretty, it's worth watching. That's a he he was in White Fang guys. Yep, yeah, yeah. So that uh, Nick Hornby movie, Juliet Naked, throws burn last year. I do I I do like For the Devil Knows You're Dead. I've seen that several times. Philip Seymour Hoffman and him. They're aren't they like Robin someplace also. Yeah, are they brothers? Is that the idea? I think so. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. their dad owns a car dealership or something, and they have it's like a very small time crime, but it's, it's, it's a jewelry really good, store. Ah, uh, jewelry store. That's parents' right. jewelry store. Yeah. No, that was that was Riverdale. Sorry, where they had to rob the yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all Riverdale. <laughs> yeah. And uh, well, we talk a little bit about the before series and such like i remember the first time seeing um before sunrise that was great and i don't know if you guys know that series at all but they made them seven years apart like he and julia delphi were uh real young and then and before sunrise and then seven years wasn't it seven or ten or eleven i can't remember maybe it was longer i don't remember I don't. I don't know. I feel bad. Nine years. I'm sorry. It looks like it was nine years. So 1995. Yeah. To 2004. Nine years. Yeah. And then yeah, before sunset, they link back up again, and it's kind of like because they haven't seen each other for that long, and it kind and then the before midnight furthers the story. You don't know what happened in those last nine years, but it's a really neat way to i mean keep the those people together and see the story i mean it's, before sunset's just a great love story it's like really well-written dialogue and them just playing off each other and falling in love in vienna i think not what not uh, west Virginia. um but they <laughs> thanks for clearing that up that's really good but what i really i really liked boyhood i like boyhood they uh that was also the same type of thing he used the same cast for the for that move, not. I'm saying he used the same cast to make Boyhood over many years that you watch them grow up. It's basically over the life of a, uh, Eller Coltrane, plays the kid, but it's all about him growing up, and Ethan Hawke is his dad, and his parents are divorced. Um, Patricia Arquette is the mom, and I can't remember the actress that plays his sister, but it's it's just about him growing up and they would get back together every year or so and film a scene or two and just do that every year for like 17 years or something. You know, yeah. Like, I, rem- I remember when that came out and you talking about it, but I never bothered to just, see it. It was, it was neat and it didn't focus. You would think that it'd be like, okay, we're uh, going to show this big thing that happened this year was a wedding and, this year was a graduation and this year, you know, it's all, it's none of the big things. It's all the in-between things, the car rides, the just different conversations that just happen, you know, randomly, you know, the little moments, the things that you actually remember, you don't remember like the big things necessarily. You don't remember graduation. You remember the ride home or, you know, the different, different things like that. I just thought he did really good in that as the dad that 
was trying to be a good dad, maybe screwed it up early, but when he had time with the kids, he was trying to impart lessons and let them see who he was and get a piece of him. And I mean, he's good in most things he's in, but I, I, I liked some of those moments in that movie of him trying to teach his son things. And you may see him like uh, it, later him actually using some of that information and things and just, I like the vibe of that movie. And of course, Dead Poets. Everybody yeah. loves Dead Poets. Yeah, right. Dead Poets Society. I think uh, that that I guess would be considered his his big break. You know, breakout movie, wouldn't it? Robin yeah, it wasn't his first one, but probably the first one he maybe got noticed. So. Yeah, that was a you know a um, enormous hit, and uh, with of course Robin Williams and. And uh, a bunch of a bunch of kids that were all seemed to be in uh, every one of those. Every one of those actors seems seemed to be in the the movie, whatever movie of that age group at that time. It, it always felt like so. Um, but he was, you know, he he was really good in it. It was a everybody's seen it. Uh, I don't know. I I that was definitely the way I was going to lean um, coming into it. But I, I kind of feel like I don't really have a, have a, a dog in the race on this one. What do you, what do you guys feel about training day? Like, is it more just Denzel Washington's big vehicle? And does, does Ethan Hawk do, do anything very spectacular in there? He's, he's good again. Like, you know, this was Denzel's star, star, you know, vehicle. So I think you put anyone in the car next to him, they're going to be lesser, but I thought he did a great job and it just builds and builds and the tension continues throughout the movie where by the end, you know, it's just like, he's got nothing left to lose and he's got to, you know, he's got to go, go all out and risk his life and help save the day. Mm Mm-hmm. From the from the you know rookie the green rookie cop at the beginning of the movie to the uh, chance taker at the end. Yeah. So what's everybody thinking? I gotta say this new show he's on, the Good Lord Bird on Showtime is he is really fun on this, and he probably is gonna get you know some nominations like Emmy nominations and things this year. He plays John Brown, the abolitionist in the eighteen hundreds. And it's just it's a it's a really really fun show, and he he chews every scene he's in. He's got great big beard, and the the wardrobe is great, and he just gets to like ride horses and shoot guns and scream Bible verses at people in the middle of gunfights. And it's like Julie Chen. Sure, she screams. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is the, the, what is uh what's the opinion on Gattaca? That's another one I haven't seen in ages. That's that I was going to say, like, I obviously I have not watched a lot of movies that he's been in, but I remember going to the theater and watching Gattaca. Yeah, I mean, I remember like it's very it feels very of its time, but it was a good. I it's mean, like it's a Uma very Uma. Yeah, it's like a very subtle sci fi and just the whole concept of of uh, kind of like the odd man out, like proving that, you know, he can do what these. Um, cause it's all based on people can design their, their yeah. children 
genetically engineer yeah the perfect child and, like, he, like he's trying to pass as someone with better genetics is that, that yeah. is that what i remember isn't it something like he wants to like be an astronaut to yeah i think so yeah he wanted to be an astronaut yeah and like he, he wanted to ex be explorer mm-hmm and like go to space camp you want to go to space camp <laughs> <laughs> but like he in the movie he even had like his like i think his legs were like lengthened and like all the all the stuff to try to like pass as that and it, it just, i want to watch it again i really do yeah. and it came out in 1997 which is pre-matrix yeah but my memory of that movie is very, it had a kind of a you know his hair's all slick back the fashion the futuristic mm. look of it you know, before Matrix, you know, Matrix is credited with you know changing sci-fi look of it, but I, I remember that one having a very forward feel yeah. to it as well. I, it yeah, was I'm a, check it out. Yeah, that's a movie I think I didn't see for some time after. I know I've seen it, and I know I liked it, but I don't really remember anything about it other than it, it had a weird name, and I, that's how I remembered it. I'm no help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel like we're 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 circling in on a clear winner here. Yeah, I don't know. I Michael I, is a, I'm, is I'm willing to back anybody up if you're feeling real strong. I I mean that before series is a very loved series of movies, but I don't know, it's not really a kapow pick. I'm fine not and I, I it's not even one that I you know, I've seen them a couple times, but it'll be years before I revisit it. Dead Poets uh, is is up. Dead Poets, Training Day, you know, Before the Devil Knows You're Dead, those kind of things stick yeah. out to me. Yeah. Um, what what about First Performed was great. I, I he he had a really. Uh, did a really good job in that a couple of years ago. And I think he was up for best actor, if I recall, but, but you guys haven't even seen it. So that's not like a kapow thing to me. What about the music video? Directing music yeah, video. That was big. <laughs> the career. That yeah. was big. Like, I, I don't know that he's ever had Dude. an impact in anything larger than that music video for me. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's his one job. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome <laughs> if we if the, if we finally got the patrons to like band together at least two of them to vote on something to try to get their vote to count and then we switch up the friggin thing on them don't even give them a chance we're like nope for a sweep for uh you say <laughs> yeah i guess the patron vote would go to training day yeah um, I I'm I'm just gonna say the purge one more time. That's not my vote, but hey, it's the purge. It's not hey, the best the movie, purge. but nope. it's a strong. It's that uh, he and uh, Lena Headey is the wife, husband and wife stuck. You know, home invasion sort of movie, and it kicked off so many sequels and spinoffs and things to so a whole a whole purge universe that has brought me a lot of B movie joy. We're living it. And but yeah, Reality Bites is kind of like. That's the that's that that's Generation the most, X movie. That feels like the most Ethan Hawke movie. Yeah, that's probably what comes to uh, that. You know, Training Day. Males yeah. would probably say Training Day. Females, so I'm guessing Reality Bites. If we can generalize. Well, well, by all means, do that. 
but make that the headline. We'll be we'll be a generalizing genders on this episode. <laughs> we know what you picked. Put that. <laughs> anybody, anybody feel strongly about one that we can latch on to? To me, it comes under those two: training day or rally. But I say we go with the. Two. I say we just go with the patrons then. Yep. Let them let have them their have back. This one. They, let they, them uh, win. Let's go. We'll all stand behind the statement. I do not have a strong <laughs> feeling <laughs> about Ethan Hawk. All right, patrons, you get this one. We agree. So, <laughs> where's your evidence? Hoyt, where's your evidence? Uh, yes, thanks for the big save in the annals of history. Hoyt. <laughs> Will forever be how we think of Ethan Hawk. Ethan Hoyt Hawk. We did it. Great movie if you haven't seen it, by the way. It's, yeah. it's very, very, very good. I think I'll, I may, I don't think Nick's seen it, so we may have to add that to uh, the slate for his uh, continuing education. All right. So, well, anything, it's uh, the holidays. Anything, uh, coming up i got something ethan hawker related if you can believe it and let's it's talk. not has nothing to do with the purge oh my gosh let's talk about all the movies and stuff we've been watching here save martha puny god i'm just a kid from brooklyn i'm batman kneel before son under roof said it yourself bitch we're the guardians of the galaxy. So what's it going to be, huh? Long, sullen silence? Or mean comment? Go on. You got me in a box here. <laughs> All right, so this this thing came out. You may I saw some clickbaity articles about it. Uh, I don't think it was a huge uh, newsworthy item. But uh, I saw this headline, you know, this movie revealed as the scariest of all time, scientifically proven to be the scariest movie of all time. Mm. Uh, well, let's just see about that. You know, my curiosity has peaked. I must click on that clickbaity article. And it was called The Science of Scare. But it was put together by broadbandchoices.co.uk. So it's a British uh, internet provider put together a list, they curated 50 of the best horror films. They looked at critics' lists and IMDb scores and you know Reddit forums, and they, they curated themselves the 50 best. So they took a panel of 50 people, strapped them with heart rate monitors, and had them all watch over 120 hours of horror movies. And they measured their, how their heart rate rose and fell like during each movie. Clockwork Orange style? Pretty much. <laughs> A clockwork orange, one of them. <laughs> That'd be weird. So, with an average heart rate of eighty-six beat per minute, beats per minute, a thirty-two percent increase over the resting heart rate, the number one scientifically proven scariest movie is Sinister from twenty twelve, the what? Ethan Hawke movie. I didn't want to move here. We couldn't afford to live in the old house anymore. Plus, the new story I'm writing is here. Is the story a good one this time? I'm going to write the best book that anybody's ever read. I got a really good feeling about this. (laughs) 
gotta be kidding me. Family hanging out. Barbecue 79. That's the family who lived here. You think these are serial murders? I don't know. The first one I found dates back to the 60s. Cases is the symbol. The symbol is associated with a pagan deity named Bagul. He consumes the souls of human children. And everyone in every comment section everywhere said exactly what you just did. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I've um, never even heard of that movie. I hadn't either. So I, well, I, I think I'd heard of it, but I didn't know what it was until that... Uh, Oh, what's that show? Didn't they have like the trailer of it? They were like he was playing like a old home movie found or something. Or... Yeah, that uh, that Eli Roth's History of Horror is back for a second season, and they were talking about it. He he's like a a true crime writer who had a big hit, and then his last couple books have been really bad. So he he moves into this house where a murder happened, and he dives too deeply into this you know crazy house with all these there's all these old videos that he watches and so yeah it's just it's sort of it seems like it's a lot of the movies in the top 10 from this are very recent movies so i don't know you know it's a panel of 50 people it's not a great you know just Mm -hmm. uh mathematically it's not a great sample size and who knows you know who has 120 hours i'm sure it's a bunch of younger folks we need to know what the americans think about this right so who who knows what the uh yeah, the actual thing. Here, I'll, I'll run down the top. That's 10 120 here. hours. <laughs> Total. That That's how long I've left. I'm not spending a lot. So yeah, here's the top ten. Sinister. <clears throat> Number two was Insidious. Are they all one named generic titles? Uh, most of them. Number three is The Conjuring. <laughs> Four Hereditary. Five paranormal activity. A lamp. It follows. That's a good one. Seven, The Conjuring 2. Oh, I see see where this is going. Both Conjurings make the top ten. Eight, The Babadook. (laughs) Nine, The Descent. And ten, The Visit. Is that the the Shyamalan one? Yeah, that's a good movie. So, Have you seen that, Michael? The visit. Um, have to refresh my memory on that one. They go visit. <laughs> no, it's some kids go visit their grandparents. Oh, okay. No, no, I remember remember it now, but I haven't seen it. That's good. So they put a they put a little asterisk on here and say, and even on the actual results, it says scariest does not equal best. The witch and alien were robbed. So even the, the people who put this together don't don't agree with the result. So The Shining, The Omen, Get Out, Friday the 13th, Dark Skies, Annabelle, Poltergeist, The Thing, The Alien, The Blair Witch Project, the Just The Witch, Just The Grudge, Halloween, Texas Chainsaw, 28 Days Later, The Exorcist, It, Scream, A Quiet Place, The Ring. So yeah, there's a ton of movies in the, this top 50. But yeah, that top 10 seemed kind of skewed toward... Uh, you know, the, the early, the mid to late 2000, mm-hmm. 2010. 
and yes, yeah, so sinister, you guys. It's mathematically proven. We need to all go watch it and raise our resting heart rate. We should record ourselves watching it to see the reaction on our faces to see if we actually get scared or not. Would Christy put in like eye drops in your eye as you're as you're strapped to the chair watching it? She'll do his eyebrows. Yeah. Well, <laughs> your chair does have straps. You could strap yourself yeah. down on it. <laughs> All right, what other movies are you guys watching? I've been really wanting to watch some freaking horror movies, but I just haven't had the time to. It's I wanted to check out that uh, was it, The Haunting of Blythe? Was it Blythe House? Or Bly Bly Manor. Bly Bly Manor. Manor. Has anyone checked that out yet? No. My wife watched the entire series um, in the last week. I watched bits and pieces. Um. It was something I thought, oh, I'm, I, I really liked Hill House. I'll probably get into this. And I just, I come home one day and she'd already started it. And I was like, well, I, I don't want to. She's like, well, I'll watch it again. I was like, nah, I don't want to really. Like, you're, you're already past that. I, I, it doesn't make that big of a deal to me. So I watched bits and pieces as she was watching along. And I, I can't say I it really pulled me in, except... Through each episode, it's different. I think maybe I'm wrong, but I believe it's showing different timelines through each episode, a la Westworld um, type situation. But it has a narrator. So I'm watching these episodes um, on and off and little parts of each episode. And there's a narrator through the whole thing. And I'm just, I didn't even really kind of put it together but as i was editing uh last week's episode and and we had mentioned it and i wanted to confirm this about the haunting of bly manor there is the element of uh let me get in the camera here Cugino. i heard there was a little gugino in there <laughs> definitely is and i i didn't even put it together that she was the narrator Ah. until the last episode and nice uh, move yeah yeah so uh i can I guess at least, i'm subscribing to netflix again yeah at least i i can uh put that to it so if you like like a little kajino um you can you can watch that show <laughs> just uh just uh yeah um i but, watched uh, Cl wait cliff what who, i'm sorry who did you say watch that Alicia did who is she? My wife. Speaking of my wife, what a guess what just came out? Borat too. All that coming like a. I could not. Up. That's the too perfect a segue. I'm sorry. <laughs> Nothing I like more than a Gugino is a segue. Fourteen years ago, I released a movie film which brought great shame to Kazakhstan. But now I was instructed to return to Yankee land to carry out secret mission. I go to America! What do you say? No, it's not me. People make recognize my face. I would need disguises. This man's sex criminal? No, I'm not sex criminal. 
I will take this to be a fat like American man. Yeah, this is a good one. Where is his crumb? What is problem, officer? Got somebody that's strapped to the top of your car. You need to send that passenger seat, boss. Only men and bears are allowed inside car. I'm here to give my daughter as a gift to someone close to the throne. I need dress with real sexy peels. Uh, this is a bag that just goes mm. over the dress. Very nice. I really like this. Yeah, just dropped today, so we're not going to do a real review of it or spoil it. I, have you guys had a chance to watch it yet? Yeah, I watched it today. I was going to watch it today, subsequent but... Subsequent movie film. I gotta wait. Nick's making me wait to watch. Yeah. I made him watch the first one a couple, couple months ago, and he, so he wants to watch this together. I'm excited. Yeah, the first one was 14 years ago in 2006. That kind of blew me away that I had no idea it had been 14 years since that movie came out. And I just, I, I, I hadn't watched it in a while. It's one of those ones that kind of got uh, just, you know, a little too much, <laughs> too many people quoting it and seeing too uh, many references to it, kind of run into the ground a little bit. You don't like the green bikini? <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great movie. It's really, really funny. Uh, and the sequel, I I really liked it too. Yeah, I thought it was um, I thought it was good. I didn't, I wasn't really let down by it. Um, had a cup, just a couple moments there that were kind of like, I had a I had a reaction to, like, oh my god, I can't believe <laughs> you're showing that. <laughs> um, but I but I thought it was good. I it's Borat. Um, it's it's a little bit more of this movie involves his he brings his daughter to America and so she's a pretty central character had a had more Ooh. had had more of her in it as Ronald going home yeah as a central um storyline than i expected so yeah one thing uh, about that movie that, uh, of course, the pic that's being shared all over the internet. When I first saw that, like I, I had no context on what it was. I just saw the picture. Mm. When I first saw it, I thought it was Jack Nicholson from the Batman 1989 movie, and that was <laughs> Kim Basinger as Vicky Vale. Like I thought that was like it just because it looked like the picture that was being showed, like the color of his skin it like it looked like that where he had his um uh face painted up to look normal in that movie it was like it that's what it looked like to me <laughs> gentlemen let's make some art <laughs> uh yeah so that has become in just the last few days they released what uh the most newsworthy bit of the whole movie Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani in a hotel. <laughs> Rudy. No, Giuliani. Giuliani. Should have had a Gugino. Stick to the Gugino. <laughs> and it's, I I don't know. It's bad. It's gross. Yeah. It's creepy. I don't know that it's criminal per se. Mm-hmm. But even if it, you know, there's two consenting adults or whatever, like, how dumb are you to be in a hotel room? talking to someone you don't know in a very thick foreign accent 
You don't know where this hotel is. The, the guards are on the other side of the door. You don't know if there's cameras and audio equipment. Like, you are a high up in the American government. But Jordan, he talks with people every day with sick accents. They're like, they're like family to him. <laughs> so how susceptible, how susceptible are you? Oh, there's t- they have so much stuff on that guy now. No one. That's why he's acting like this. So whatever, no, we can't get it political. Just, it was just proof. Yeah, that he did not have good judgment. If if nothing, if there's no crime, there's nothing immoral about it. He has horrible, horrible judgment. Right. All right. Yeah, I can't wait to watch it. Very excited. I saw something. If you like true crime at all, there is something you got to watch. On Netflix, it's called American Murder, colon, American Murder, colon, The Family Next Door. You guys remember a couple years ago, that dude, that I, I, I did not follow the story, but there was, there was always this picture of a couple and their two kid, little girls on their porch and just like smiling for a picture or whatever. And it was like, they had went missing or whatever, except for the guy. And then yeah. you, it was, it, I'm not spoiling anything to tell you that, that, you know, it was nationwide news to two or three years ago that this guy killed his family. And, but, and this is about that. This is like a hour, 20 minute documentary, but what is special about it? Is something I have never seen. There's no talking heads. When was the last time you watched a documentary <laughs> that wasn't, you didn't find yourself partway through going, am I watching anything other than people telling me this story? You know, yeah. there was no talking heads in this. It is all existing footage from the beginning to end. It, it is this one the the wife was one was a very heavy facebooker so she constantly was putting videos and things every day of what was going on in her life plus they used all the text messages between her and her friends and family and him and they had that plus they had body cam just hd crystal clear body cam footage of police officers and security footage from neighbors and just uh, interrogation room footage. It is just the story is just told, and basically in chronological order, just by existing footage. It's riveting, like how much footage there is, and watching this all happen and the story unfold. Like I said, I, I didn't follow it really a couple years ago. I knew that it happened. That was about it. But to find out exactly what happened, it was it was. Wasn't quite what I thought, so uh, mm-hmm. you know what you know. It's crazy. It's a crazy story, but it it's very interesting to watch. I I expect to see more things like this because we there's so many people that have put their whole lives online, mm-hmm. and but I don't know how you anyone would think they could ever get away with anything. Yeah, there are so many cameras. <laughs> Alicia watched this too. She will. She really got into this. Thought it was really good. I should have, we should have had her on the show this week. Um, but, uh, she watched it a, a couple weeks or so ago 
And, um, yeah, she, she was, she was telling some of our friends about it, that, uh, just how good it was. And, and she was in the same situation. She didn't know anything about it. And then I kind of, I was like, well, I knew it was a thing. So I had kind of like Googled it real quick just to see, you know, what exactly had happened while she was watching it. But yeah, she was a big fan. She, she recommended it to several people. Yeah, it's everyone I've worked with is watching it right now. They all keep telling it, just passing around. They're like, you got to watch this. Mm-hmm. It's it's totally worth watching. If you can stomach it. I mean, it's it's dark. It is a dark, sad story. So Stephen uh, Creeper, just like you do a quick Google search for it and you see all these loving family pictures. Yeah. It's, yeah. that's You see, it's hard to watch that. It's hard to watch these little girls happy happily living their lives and knowing that it doesn't go well well that was just like um this has gone off the beaten path but um that couple that was in i think utah or something that they end up killing their kids they were part of some kind of weird religious like cult basically but they ended up killing their kids and there's they kept saying like they were sent away. Like, I mean, there's all this weird stuff coming out about it, but unfortunately they killed their kids. Like anytime when uh, it involves children, it's just, it's not good. It just turns my stomach. Mm-hmm. Cliff, do you watch, it's, I, I think you said you watched trial of the Chicago seven. Yes. And um, it was infuriating. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was, it was, it's excellent. Yeah. I hadn't uh, heard anything about this till it came out and everyone was talking about it. Is it it's Netflix, right? Yeah, yes, I, I it, looked it up. It's um, it was directed by Aaron Sorkin, right? Written, written, written and directed. And directed. By Sorkin, yeah. yeah, so this was originally uh, originally this was supposed to be directed by Steven Spielberg. Wow. And, yeah. <laughs> That's weird. And um, uh, wait, this was several years ago. It said I looked it up. It said after the two. 2007 Writers Guild of America strike and then budget concerns um, Spielberg dropped out of it so two years ago in 2018 then they picked it back up and announced Sorkin was going to be the director of it too Um, and that's when they announced the cast of it Um, so two years ago apparently this has been done for a while it was set to hit theaters but after after the pandemic and COVID nineteen, they decided they they sold it to Netflix, so they could release it um, on their platform. Is okay. what happened. So if you're not aware, this is the the based on real events story of the sixty eight Democratic Convention, which um, in Chicago there were there was there were um, mass protest in Chicago that summer for the convention and um, which resulted in some rioting. Does this sound familiar? Um, <laughs> and there's conf- so much, there's so much that parallel. You know, the, the whole movie is just a mirror of what's happened this year. It's so funny that they had already made this movie and, and right. then we had all these protests and things that happened in the movie, like literally happened this year you know, like routing people and things like that. Confrontation and, uh, with police. Right. It's, uh, they, it, it's excellent. Mm. Uh, the cast is crazy good. Yeah. Sasha Baron Cohen was excellent. 
he didn't yeah. blow me away, but he was he was very good as Abby Hoffman. Yes. Um, Eddie Redmayne as Tom Hayden. Um, Jeremy Strong as Jerry Rubin. Uh, Mark Rylance as their lawyer. Joseph Gordon-Levitt as the prosecutor. Michael Keaton. Frank yeah. Langella as the infuriating oh. judge. Yeah. Uh, it it was so good. The Of course, the dialogue is incredible because it's Aaron Sorkin, right? And he's just, that's his bread and butter. I'm not a cra- crazy, crazily uh, in love with his directing. Like, I would love to have seen somebody else. I wouldn't have picked Spielberg, but like Fincher or somebody darken this a little bit. He's just... Order in the court is a bit, you know, he, mm-hmm. it's a little over aggrandized, I guess, that I don't think other direct directors would have done. But some of his ability to write the perfect line for someone is just so when Sasha Baron Cohen says so many good things in it. And I know a lot of this is real things they said, but just the way you package right. it. The other person that was in it, I'd not, I don't, if I screw up his name, I'm sorry, Yaha Abdul Mateen. Yeah. Played, he plays uh, Bobby Seal. He was in Us a, and yeah, he was Watchmen. He was uh, yeah. <laughs> gosh, he, uh, he was uh, Doctor Manhattan. Am I correct? Yeah, and, and um, he portrays the 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 leader of the Black Panthers at the time is who he's right. playing, and they just kind of you know lumped these, him in there. Yeah, these people were arrested. They weren't affiliated with each other. They knew of each other for the most part, but they, they were arrested and, you know, all held to be conspiracy. They're trying to say they did it. They as made, you know, how to conspire. They conspired to do it. Yes. And uh, he was just kind of thrown in where he, he traveled to Chicago was there for like four hours and left and went home. And, uh, they, they threw him in there and then, uh, the judge, would not let um, him be represented by his lawyer. So the the whole trial, that's what really bothered me. The whole trial was just a complete sham. It was oh, awful. It was so bad. And the, the famous thing that happened about him being, this was my major problem after I looked up some of it, was famously the, the judge had him taken out of the room. He was beaten mm-hmm. and beaten bound and gagged and put back in the courtroom. So everybody else is sitting there and Bobby seal is bound and gagged and sitting in court. And it doesn't, it, that's, it's bad enough and it looks bad in the movie, but yeah. did you know in real life, Cliff, he sat there for many days I didn't, but it doesn't surprise me. They do not. It does not portrayed like that in the movie. It's very, mm-hmm. very quickly after there that's resolved. But he sat there for days and days like that, bound and gagged. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. So on so, an interview, the actor gave and said that Sorkin tried to use Bobby Seale's own words as much as possible because he was a very eloquent wordsmith. Yeah. So they, he tried not to put words in his mouth and used his actual writing for, yeah. for the dialogue as much as he could. I think it's a must watch for this year. Uh, there isn't a lot out there. It's if you got Netflix, you should be watching this. Yeah, it, it's it's very good. Had this movie been able to come out in a, into the theaters, it would have a lot of people would be talking about it this year. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot. 
So yeah, it was really good. I I really liked. Oh, how... uh, Bad Boys Three has competition for pick picture of the best picture. <laughs> God, yeah. I can't even believe that was even the same year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, I really liked how this movie was how it was plotted out. Because there are time lapses in it, but we're we're pretty much you know we're focused on this trial. This trial lasts over like six months. Yeah, it doesn't feel like that. Right. <laughs> but I it's liked a, yeah. I liked how, you know, they plotted through it and they didn't they didn't show the entire thing. We were kind of moving through it kind of quickly almost. Mm-hmm. So that even into the end of it, you know, it, it was kind of I liked they skipped yeah. over some stuff and I was like, "Well, that's real interesting how they skipped over that." Yeah. To get it's just to, really interesting to see all these different people and groups and their philosophies of protest mm-hmm. and how different they can be. And yet, you know, all have the same, they, you know, goal potentially, yeah, potentially the same goal. Right. You know, it's, it's, I wouldn't want to spoil anything. It. It's definitely, if you don't, if you don't know much about this, man, just en- enjoy because I did not know a bunch mm-hmm. about it. But it's interesting to look up after. Um, I have a couple more movies, but does anybody else want to jump in with one? Did you watch? Well, it? something more uplifting. Ah, please. <laughs> yeah, it's like wow, this is really exciting. This is this, I'm about ready to cry. Um, <laughs> did anyone in 2017 watch The Babysitter on Netflix? Nope. This is um. Nope, no one did in the world. Oh, uh, what is her name? She was a Disney Disney kid, uh, right? Bella. Yes, Thorne. Bella Thorne. Well, anyway, they made a movie in 2017, and it was that mm-hmm. kind of horror schlop of like the kind of stuff that I really like that's kind of has a lot of tongue in cheek humor to it, but also kind of sadistic. Uh, it was basically about they were babysitting. Um, this girl was babysitting this young boy, and of course, he was in love with her. Um, and then come to find out that her friends come over and they want to kill him in this like satanic ritual that they're going to gain these supernatural powers and how this boy basically goes up against them all and survives. Well, this is when QAnon started. Yeah. So, uh, so, but I mean, it's, it's in the basement of a pizza place. (laughs) Uh, there's a lot of blood, uh, but no, it's, it's just, it's really, uh, a lot of that same type of fun that kind of reminds me of like the Nightmare on Elm Street movies that I really dug. Uh, but anyway, the reason why I'm talking about that is they released a sequel recently called The Babysitter, Babysitter Killer Queen. And it's a sequel to that. And it's stars the exact same cast. It, it stars the young boy. At, like It's the same actor, older in high school. Um, and it, it continues the story. And it actually... Uh, it's funny because the whole time Robbie Amell is like running around with a shirt off and like the kids like, can you just please put a shirt on? Like, I mean, it, it's, it has the same thing. Like the, um, I'm trying to think what some of the actors names are, but anyway, it's just like that good fun, making fun of itself, but actually being a horror movie. And if you like, uh, if you're a fan of cabin in the woods, um, it takes a, a couple couple things from that along the lines of because in the sequel there's a like a fatality uh, girl introduced fatality 
and uh, it's 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 a lot of fun. And, but the, the good news is, even though it's a horror movie, it ends on a happy note. Oh. <laughs> it's got Ken Marino in it? And someone gets laid. Oh, really? <laughs> that is lighthearted. It is. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't know if anybody needs my recommendation, but uh, Terminator: colon, Dark Fate just came out on Prime. Oh, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very like it. solid, solid Terminator. I have not kept up on the franchise. I haven't watched the last couple. I think I've watched. Uh... Uh, yeah, I haven't watched the actual. I haven't seen Dark Fate or Genesis. I've watched I, them all. So but this was uh, Tim Miller, the director of Deadpool, directed this one. And James Cameron was on as producer. And it basically, it doesn't rewrite anything, but it kind of just ignores, if you've only seen one and two, that's all you need. It kind of yeah. ignores everything, which is a good plan. Just <laughs> go from two and go on. And it's the first R-rated one in a while. Like, for a while, the last few have been PG-13, trying to be a little more uh, box office friendly, and this one just went... It's And it's not... There's nothing horror... You know, It's there's violence and stuff, but and some naughty language, but yeah, it's not... It's not too horrible, but it's it's it feels more like a Terminator movie to be R-rated. But Linda Hamilton got top billing. Uh, the first movie she's ever had top billing for. You know, gray-haired lady with wrinkles... Starring in an action movie like that—that's rare. Uh, Mackenzie Davis is the new hero. Throwing back from time. Gabriel Luna is the evil Terminator, and Arnold Schwarzenegger even shows up for a while. So Hmm. I—I enjoyed it quite a lot. Um, One review I saw on IMDb—they put the little review out there at the bottom—and it gave it like two stars. And it was like the writing is horrible and the acting is terrible and it's just one of the worst movies. I was like, wow, I didn't really see that. And then two-thirds through the review talked about the feminist agenda of these SJWs making these movies. And it's like, oh, this movie starred three women in an action movie. And that Odin doesn't like a lady terminator. So uh... <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I really I, like I want to see it. It's it's really good. It's it does. I mean, it's like what you're saying. It's kind of like how they did with uh, Superman Returns. They forgot about Superman three and four, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it it continues the franchise, like you said, without um, erasing anything and having a unique twist to continue the story. If if you wanted to go down that route, and a couple yeah. of just really good action set pieces. The plane crash scene was just really super cool. And- I just thought it was fun. Uh, that's why I think I quit watching the Terminator stuff because it felt like it was so convoluted between between the television shows, yeah. the movies, and different uh, things happening in different timelines and stuff. I just I I got lost in it and like I haven't watched anything Terminator in forever. And you know, I used to really like that stuff. I did read, uh, you know, James Cameron didn't want to come back and direct it, but he was just going to be a hands-off producer, but he had lots of ideas, and him and Tim Miller didn't quite agree on everything, and James Cameron just kept saying, hey, why don't you do it this way? So uh, there were some veiled uh, statements from Tim Miller saying he he probably wouldn't be back to do another one. So some creative friction leads to good results. 
I had one more I wanted to mention because I'm not sure how long it'll be up for free. But there's a documentary. Uh, the, the PBS has the show Independent Lens, and it just came back for its new season with the documentary Feels Good Man. This was the 2020 brand new documentary movie. It is free as, as we speak on PBS.com. Not sure how long. Uh, this is a story about Pepe the Frog. Are you familiar with this? Oh, yeah. Internet meme. Uh, it was an indie comic created in 2005 called Boys Club by an artist named Matt Fury. And he uploaded things onto MySpace. And they got shared onto Tumblr and eventually onto 4chan. And this, this was the frog you may have seen everywhere on the worst parts of the internet. And it's just an interesting uh, look at a creator who his creation just got out of his hands. No one knows this guy, but this frog, you know, everyone can recognize this frog at a glance. So um, it does a good job tracing, because this is an interesting modern history of like, how do these things spread on the internet? Where do these things get found? How do they become what they are? So it talks to a few like uh, modern historians and, there's a guy who's like a 4chan veteran, like showed showed us around his room in his mom's basement, literally, with all his laundry piled up. And he was kind of explaining how great 4chan was back in the day and how all this happened. So they got it right from the ex from the expert, the internet expert there. So it was it was interesting. Um, the guy, it's a little frustrating how naive the artist is. You just want to strangle him sometimes because he's just like, well, I didn't really think anything about it. You know, he was just kind of like way too, oh, whatever, live and let live. But so, yeah, the this, the idea is this frog was co-opted by the alt-right and white supremacists and just horrible people just trying to one-up each other and do the most horrible things on you could do on the internet. So it was added to the the hate symbol database of the Anti-Defamation League in 2016. So that was kind of the last straw with this artist. He thought, I don't want my character on as a hate symbol. So he's trying to figure out how he can get it off of there. And he, he gets some lawyers involved, and there are certain things um, like, uh, oh, what's his name? The InfoWars guy. <laughs> Alex, Alex Jones. Alex Jones, right. So he he's selling posters, like de the deplorables, and it's certain politicians and right-wing figures and the Pepe the Frog. And he's saying, like, that's a copyrighted figure. So it's him, and it, it showed depositions with Alex Jones. It's like, he's making a profit off my... So he, he found legal ways he could go in and try to stop some of this stuff. And it, it, it kind of, at some point, you know, he would never sell a poster with mickey mouse on it or something you know like a very obvious yeah something that belongs to someone but i said no one knew who this guy pepe is just an internet thing who who owns it well he does he's technically does he has a copyright on it so it just it had an interesting thought exercise of like these memes become you know if you're a picture in a meme an ermagerd girl like you don't exist you you're you're an immortal <laughs> image yeah you're not a human being anymore so it's it, it's it's kind of interesting to think about how those things will be around forever and be adapted and changed and morph into different uses and you know is that the next 
uh, step in you know, public domain usage of things just belonging to all of us as memes and things we can alter and turn into gifts and you know it, I, I don't know it just it, it 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 raised more interesting thoughts in my head than it than it answered but it was a very interesting documentary and again it ha- had kind of a hopeful outlook and it 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 showed some dark corners of humanity but also some some uh, some people trying to fight those things so I I definitely recommend it and it's free free. Once upon a time, I don't know if they still do it, but speaking on like putting your art online um, when building websites, they used to have, uh, I can't remember what it was called, but it was like a copyright thing for internet. Where common, it was like, what's it called? Common cause or common use? Something like that. Yeah. But it would, it would explain what you could do or not do with the person's property as far as deviations or sharing or downloading or whatever so I, i'm curious if that's still around but the the they were showing pepe has gotten huge in hong kong during the protests in 2019 like their stuffed pepes and graffiti of pepe people have pepe on their shirts and like the hong kong people have no idea that what? it's a you know a white power symbol yeah it's took it's taken on a whole other meaning to them you know, they see it as something else. So I, yeah, it was just it was an interesting thought of you know this little cartoon sketch this guy did will outlive all of us <laughs> <laughs> without having a movie or a TV. So, you know, there's nothing behind it. It's a panel in a comic book, and it's it's become more uh, widespread than any anything. Jordan, I have some exciting news for you right now. Oh boy, are you sitting down? I am. You can see me. <laughs> Tremors. Is it Stryker Island is in the top 10 on Netflix right now? I saw that dropped on Netflix this week. In the top 10. Hopefully it surpasses Adam Sandler's new piece of pile of crap. <laughs> I, I doubt it, but... <laughs> my daughter, One more reason to sign up for Netflix. My daughter told me Hubie Halloween was funny. I'm sure it is. All his movies are hilarious. I love them all. <laughs> Let's call it. Let's yeah. call it an episode. Time's <laughs> up. Let's call it a Halloween. Trick or treat is over. Check your candy for sharp objects. Mannequins. Get them X-rayed. <laughs> or feed them to Michael. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Hope you are doing well, and we will see you very soon. My name is what am I Boneyard. Low. Oh crap, I don't remember. <laughs> I'm whatever Cliff Barnes. I'm Mike the Marietta Mola. Bye bye forever. <laughs> Kapow, the pop cultured podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udamwithkpp.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a comment. Kapow, the pop cultured podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and wherever podcasts can be found. You can connect with us through social media on Facebook, YouTube, at the Kapow Podcast on Twitter, or email the show 
kapow, the pop cultured podcast at gmail.com. If you really want to go the extra mile, please sign up to be a patron through the Podbean app or our website, www.udownwithkpp.com, to receive special content and early access to some episodes. We are grateful to anyone that chooses to contribute, but please know that most of our content will always remain free, so please continue to like, comment, and share. Guys, all look so excited. I hear a noise. Yeah, is that a? It's it. It's got to be his room. He just got here, and now we've got. Are you are you vibrating at a, an incredible rate? <laughs> <laughs> I just stopped. I think it did that last time too. And maybe that's like a fan or something when your computer turns on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> So, anyways. I think it's my furnace, actually. Because it just kicked I off. You hear it right now, yeah. You, you hear it right now? Yeah. Yep. What's it, what's it sound like? It doesn't sound like a furnace. <laughs> How about now? Oh, it's louder. <laughs> Crank that bitch up. It's louder? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's, now it's, stopped. It's, it's stopped. I don't know what it is. It's weird. Maybe it's his phone. Like, remember when we used to get that? Oh, maybe. Late in his head. <laughs>